Michael, the third in command, and you've got rocks in your head. Hello and welcome to the end of round 12 of the AFL 2019 Premiership season. We are the Meters Gain podcast. I'm joined by my fellow colleagues once again, Dean Daggers Dagan. Welcome. Yes. Samson. Coffee. Yes. Horse Baron. <laughs> yes. Happy Monday evening to everyone. And Jeremy uh, the Sherman Sher. Good evening. It's getting Mate. pretty late. One of our co-hosts is um, well past his bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, why aren't you wearing your contacts? Um, you were raving about it last week. I uh, Yeah, I had a bit of a setback, so the contacts were oh, going no. really well, but I came back and it took, took me an hour and a half to get them off. So since oh, then, a bit of a, a minor setback. Yep. I've lost a bit of confidence, Yep, but we'll we'll see how we go. Tomorrow I've got indoor soccer game, so going to have to try to get up about 6am in the morning because it could take me two hours to get them in. Whip out the goggles, Ali G. Yeah, the goggles might be the return of the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right uh, on the time, Sherman. We're going to make this short and sharp because our man Daggers has got an early start tomorrow. Got work uh, in the morning. Like, yeah, yeah, like anyone. no one else works in the world. Yeah, so. no one does. <laughs> the whole world revolves around Dean. But we'll get into... Oh, I mean, Come on, you fairy. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a round of footy we've had, fellas. It's been the bye round, of course. Uh, the biggest one, surely, today's result. Uh, I'm talking about Queen's birthday footy. Queen Elizabeth was there in attendance. Um, was, she? was she not? No, she wasn't. Needs to get off a high perch that to the old fart. But um, <laughs> well, she's not my queen, daggers. But we're going. We're talking footy here, and the D's again disappointing boys. What can we say about a team that continues to just dish up? I guess crap for their supporters. Yeah. Look, the funny, uh, the funniest part I find about this is that they're so. Good in certain areas, yet so bad in some areas. But it's you, the opinion of the coach and supporters that they're on the right path, that they're doing everything right, that they've done nothing wrong, and that you know it'll it, it's it's on the path to like greatness. Yet they sit three and nine mm. halfway through a season, mm. and they uh, I've never seen a team butcher the ball inside fifty so like they do. Yeah. On the, on that topic, so I have a lot to say about this. We got <laughs> today. If I told you that a team had more inside fifties. And what is it? What is that? Seventeen more clearances? Would you have expected them to lose by forty points? No, you probably wouldn't have. What the? What? What are they doing? What are they doing inside fifty? So I had a look quickly, and um, in terms of efficiency, <laughs> you seem so, angry, daggers. No, I just don't get like they're literally bucking the trend of like more inside fifties. Generally means you're going to be doing better. Well, this Somehow is, they're doing this the is like round two against the Cats all over again. Yeah, so second highest inside fifties on average for the season. Second highest clearances on average. Third lowest scoring shots on average. So Melbourne clearly has the worst efficiency going inside fifty. Efficiency just calculate scoring shots by inside fifties. Um, going thirty five point eight percent. The AFL average is forty three roughly. Um, just to give you an idea, GWS and Geelong are the highest in the 48s. Mm. Um, it's pretty telling. Clearly, yeah, and clearly their contested ball winners can't be questioned. You got players like Viney, Oliver, yep. Brayshaw. But the key, um, the key was the defense coming back. Lever and May coming back was supposed to you know, made steer them to defense. victory. I don't Absolutely. think you can fault them though. Well, no. but like, well yeah, I know the not fault's not them. The fault is the fact that they're not looking at what the actual issue is. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I agree. The, the, the issue is they've recruited. Too many similar players. They yep. don't have those silky outside players that can actually deliver the ball inside 50 with precision. Mm. And that's the main concern. Mm. As you 
it's very telling. They are, they are powdering the ball one after another inside 50, but they're just... it's A lot of the criticism is on Wiedemann and McDonald, but the delivery to them is pretty poor. Yep. So, uh, viewers... Um, our man Sherman is holding his microphone like a tree trunk in a hurricane, <laughs> holding on very tightly there. Yeah, I kind of like holding it in my hands because <laughs> then you sort of feel like you're actually talking into a microphone rather than just on the stand where it's sort of yeah. a bit like an ice cream. Yeah, sorry, deflected a bit like Fox in Dean, uh, Super Dean, Smash Brothers. We're trying to talk um, footy here and you're busy wondering how we're holding just, the mic. I just is very tight. Wondering when his bedtime um, is. Look at the clock. <laughs> Mate, it's past my bedtime, let's be honest. Um, no, well, I want to talk about the fact that Melbourne fans... We'll expect them to be a top team next year. Yep. After and this. we'll blame it on injuries. Now, I bring you back to Hawthorne 2009. They had a lot of injuries that year, really struggled to field a team. And then they go into 2010 thinking, oh, we're fine. We'll make finals. We'll be fine. All our players will be back. Then they realized the actual issue was that their game plan got caught up, right? Um, take you to say Adelaide 2017 made the grand final mm. last year didn't make finals what happened in that grand with a final? lot of injuries shut up um, <laughs> and then 2019 this year they've been better Thank but again you. they have these players back but in reality they're like oh maybe the game plan isn't actually standing up I think Melbourne will have the same your system for you to be on 70 something percent and third bottom on the ladder after nearly making a grand final last year that's not an injury thing. That's a system thing. Yeah, so, and that just got for, the second worst percentage in the AFL. Carlton, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Despite all the upheaval that's gone on there, is better than Melbourne. Only Gold Coast have a worse percentage, which is a massive indictment on their structure for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. No, not enough outside run. Not enough efficiency, as we've mentioned off the top. Target men are non-existent men, as yeah. well, and then the ones that they have butchered. You know, it's yeah. directly in front goals that are for four points on the Premiership ladder. And yep. you've got a feel for a player like Maxi Gorn. Like today, he was. Absolutely outstanding. Like 34 possessions for Ruckman. That's massive. He obliterated Grant. 34 possessions. 34 possessions. That would be close to a world record for Ruckman. Yep. Insane work around the ground. They kill the clearances. clearances. Yeah, there is nothing more big Maxwell Gorn can do. Mm. But he's putting the ball on a platter to these guys and they're just not delivering it well inside 50. Mm. Clayton Oliver, for all the possessions he gets... Way too many backward handballs. He spends a whole game putting other players under pressure. Yep. You need to take it on yourself to actually drive the ball forward and provide much more meaningful possessions because he, you know, a lot what, of their midfielders are just not having the impact that they should. You know what we're about at the meters gained podcast? Meters gained. Meters gained. I think he had fifty <laughs> meters gained today from about thirty possessions. So that's not great. <laughs> it's not great, is it? No. No. Not Patrick Cripps like. Speaking of Patrick Cripps, thirty-eight disposals, four goals. That was unreal. That was Cuda-esque. Cuda-esque. What a nice segue that was from yours, truly. But uh, yeah, again, (laughs) to the Blues, uh, I mean, we all thought probably in the first quarter and a half, we're seeing the same thing all over again. Doesn't matter who's coaching, same result. But to their credit, turned a 37-point deficit into a win by about 15 points, so you know, 58 goal turnaround, really. Yeah. Uh, that's mighty impressive. The WhatsApp groups were going off there. Everyone was just saying, here we go. Same old Carlton. No no, no changes here. Yep. Mm. And I mean, it's interesting because it, it's quite rare for caretaker-style coaches to win in their first game. I think historically it only happens 30% of the time. So yep. it's a misconception. Everyone thinks, oh, there's going to be change and mm. that's the reason why there's a win. But it's actually not the case historically. And it, I think at Carlton, the players were just... just They fell a bit afraid and there was all this... They knew that's how they the played every day. There was just pressure on the club, pressure on Bolton. They were probably sick of it, and just structurally, they looked a lot freer. They all played the natural game. You had Kerno going back to playing at the tagger. Gibbons playing the midfield where he's recruited. Yep. 
it was just a bit Lockie O'Brien playing as a genuine winger rather than where the hell he'd been thrown around before. It was just players playing in their natural position, being told to just go and enjoy themselves and play football, and that's what happened. I think that w- that's what the message was from Tigers. Yep. Play their game, play on at all costs, just about. And he even um, acknowledged that they probably overcompensated yeah. for that. But, but they'll learn. Yeah. They'll get that right, that balance right. Obviously, Charlie I- Kerno, another big one uh, who also had a good game. Baron, anything you've got? Uh, I think an unsung sort of story to this Carlton game is Daisy Thomas. So mm. he was hung out to dry the week before or the mm. two weeks before because of mm. his, his three-wine and or six-wine antics. And the change <laughs> of coach has completely washed that story over. And to be honest, he probably should be playing because he's in their best 22. And I think he was a pretty solid contributor. I thought it was a really good decision that they played him purely because the clubs clearly made a message that Win loss is is pivotal to them, and that what they want. And Which is what many should. many people are saying, oh, he shouldn't play because he did the wrong thing, and, and that's fine to have that opinion. But at the end of the day, you're right; he's actually having a good season. He's in their best twenty-two, and they just sacked a coach based on wins and losses. So I thought mm. it was the right decision to put him back in. Yeah, for sure. He's their best chance that you know he's part of their best team. So mm. well done to David Teague on that one. Uh, I'm not sure if they can back it up for the rest of the year. Um, but we'll see how they go. Uh, the next topic we're going to speak about is just on that game. There was a bit of. Uh, well, I reckon a PC debate, potentially, Sherman. Yep. Uh, there was an incident with the umpires and a, a, a Carlton fan who we're not going to name. Uh, we don't actually know the name, I don't think, yet. So, <laughs> of the supporter or the umpire? Uh, the, well, the Carlton fan that got ejected. Oh, okay. I'm well, talking we about. don't know about the fan, but he called umpire Matthew Nichols, who's a very well-respected umpire, a veteran of the game, a bald-headed flog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure that wasn't you, Sherman? Yeah. Well, I actually don't know. Can't, can't verify that or not. Yeah. But... I don't have something against bald people because all two or two of my three co-hosts are boarding by the second, so <laughs> it'd be a bit hypocritical of me. Yeah, DP. Event, that, that would the, not be me, by the way. That's daggers and, and horse. So yeah, confirm who, me though. I'm happy with that one. <laughs> the guy who abused my Matthew Nichols called him a bald-headed flog. He rang three AW post-match, and he put the story forward, and this is what he said: "I said you can't handball with one hand, you bald-headed flog." He declared, he chose his words carefully and didn't swear as there were kids around. Mm. So that's a very good point by the man. He didn't swear, yep. didn't say anything that was sexist or racist or make anything that was that blatantly disrespectful. That's a very minor comment. That's and general street talk for me. I call Samson a bald-headed flog all the time. Yeah, if these rules applied to applied to our WhatsApp group, we'd all be in jail. <laughs> I just think, yeah, we probably, yeah, should, we probably should go to that area, but yes. <laughs> No, I think that's outrageous. I'm with you. I think that's outrageous. Um, I'm surprised. What was Matt- the penalty for him? He one game ban. Oh, thank oh, God he didn't get a life Just the old days of Thomas there. The six wines. But how are they going to ban him? Is there going to be a picture of him in the front door? That's what like, I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> if he shaves his head that. into a bald-headed flock, he'll yeah. get in scot-free. <laughs> <laughs> he should dress up as bloody Matthew Nichols to show some more. <laughs> that'd be, you can't yeah, that'd be good. mouth at football anymore. This is going to stop fans from going. Then they can sit on the couch and they can say whatever the hell they want. Yeah, you so go to the football, you can't open your mouth. You're right, yep. No, I'm with you there. And speaking of the umpires, we I think we've, we've mentioned it's been getting worse this year. Is it time, fellas? I put this agenda to you. Do we make umpires full-time oh yeah 100 percent. surely we have it's to. a professional sport so what is their current duties like how they're part-time at the moment and they get paid over a hundred thousand so they're not oh i'm not too sure they're well compensated yeah yeah um, but they've all got other full-time jobs that they get to i've seen brett rosebury on the train sometimes uh but where would the, the city money, loop? where would the money come from if they were to be increased to full-time that would be a massive cost oh, the money's there no doubt 
It has to be there. And, and just on umpire development. I mean, the game yeah. is constantly if, evolving. The rules are changing, which I disagree with that that should happen. But if that is going to happen, you need to have the umpires. But how can they consistent. get better? Because the only way you can get better is through actual experience. There can't be That's right, more yeah. games. So they can be told all they yeah. can. They can watch as many clips as they can. But I think mm. they're just... Just naturally, they make. Mm. Only way to get get better is just remove grey area and all these new rules. I mean, like, I feel sorry for the umpires at times because it's changing oh, every on. week. Get over it! No, oh, you got to umpire you've... the game properly. Yeah, but oh, the more the fairy. more the changes we make, <laughs> the harder the, like yeah, the game will more... change once there... again. Even yeah, though, no, even no, though, though like, there will always be grey area. To... It's a three hundred and sixty degree full contact yeah. game. Yeah. Nothing like this in the world. Yeah, and there's always going to be grey area. The problem is what all fans ask for is consistency, right? Even yeah. if the wrong call gets made, yeah, as long 100%. as you pay it down one end of the ground, you pay it down the other end of the ground. Yeah. And they're just not doing it. Because yeah. all the umpires, unfortunately, have their own vision of the way the game's meant to be played. Like, I mean, I'll mm. tell you, Razor Ray sees it differently from Eleanor Guftus, who mm. sees it differently from Simon Meredith. Yeah. So they're all... That's where the problem is. That's why they need to be full-time, sitting together. This is how we call this play. This is how we call that play. Mm. Uh, that's my opinion, at least. No, I've got another suggestion that we should just dress all the umpires up in the same uniform. Uh, give them a wig with the same coloured hair, <laughs> the same... The clown shoes? Same coloured everything, same shaped nose, same same uh, height, <laughs> give Razor a bit of a boost, give yep. some of the other umpires a bit of a reduction, but all the same, <laughs> so the fans in the crowd can say nothing apart from, you umpire! <laughs> yeah, you no can't. numbers no on the, description. No Absolutely. number on the back. Yeah. <laughs> there were, just to note, there were yeah. four umpires at every game on the weekend, which is obviously something that they're trialling. I think they're going to do it over the buy period. You can put I don't 50 think, out there. To, I don't well, think the extra umpire... The positive on that, I don't think they had too much of an effect on the play. I don't, I don't think I saw any games where an umpire got in the way of a play or anything like that. So that's probably a positive. Mm. I feel what the issue is with umpiring our game, if you compare it to, say, football, like international football, soccer, is that... One umpire has complete control over the yeah. game because yeah. of the size of the field. They yeah. know what's going on. They're, they're completely aware of what's of what's happening the entire time. And they're the ones that control and make decisions. That doesn't happen in footy purely from the size of the field. Mm. So if mm. that's the case, you have to have equal powers among all mm. of the people, all the umpires on the field. And then that just brings different bias into it. Because every soccer... Um, umpire referee has its own bias but you know what you're expecting and you play towards whatever sort of game is going to be constructed yeah whereas in footy because you have you have exactly you have battling egos you have battling bias of what's going on is that you don't know how to predict it's going to go and creating just this chaos yeah Yeah. and i mean the issue with the afl is there's probably not enough pressure on selection whereas when you're in the English Premier League, there's so many different yeah. things. You can get relegated, yeah. You can get relegated, whereas here, umpire. to get relegated, you really have to royally stuff up. Yep. And I I think, coming back to the four umpires, I saw a few instances in the weekend where the ball was in dispute, for example, a deliberate decision, and two of them sort of looked at each other like, yeah. who's going to pay this decision? Bit so of confusion. That's, when there's actually too many, it causes mm. even greater confusion. They no did, one wants to yeah. take accountability for it. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah. They did look at each other to say, oh, what are you going to call? Yeah, what am I going to call? Who's calling? I'm leading the blind out there. Yeah, no, not great. But we'll move on from the umps because we can't always speak about them. Uh, the Rolling Spine, one of our favourite segments here at the Meters Gain podcast. Daggers, this is usually your area of uh, expertise what have you got for us after 12 rounds of footy so four players that have played at least 10 games firstly we're basing this purely off the champion data rating point seeing as none of us watch enough footy to really uh, classify ourselves so yeah thanks to the good guys at champion data 
Um, we will start with the best spine. We'll go with uh, <laughs> the just, good guys. Yeah, seriously. Is that a shout out to the good guys? We don't have any sponsors yet, Dino. Yeah, yeah. good guys. Uh, yeah, thank you, good where's guys. Where's the closest Hello's good guys? DP Nepean and Highlight, probably. <laughs> the, yeah, Nana Wadding, potentially. Yeah, Nana Wadding. Brian Nice, isn't there? Yeah. Pretty bad shop, though. Don't stop the best brand. Who's that? I the can't good remember. Guys. I don't think I've ever bought from the good guys before. No, no. Good Chappy High Five. Yeah, I've never walked into a bit of a sexist company as well, though, the good guys. Yeah, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. 2019. Yeah, yeah. they'd yeah. get they'd get the banned good, from the footy for sure. They have to be called the good people going forward. <laughs> I would suggest that. Yep. Good yep. humans. Or is but, that just is that sexist? To something that's probably else? sexist too. And people who don't identify as humans. Yeah. Oh, but seriously, <laughs> how, uh, how? Come on. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> come boys. Don't get me started. Uh, no, Daggers. Right, what come have you boys. got? It's past my bedtime. All right. Best spine. We got fullback Harris Andrews, gun centre half back Jeremy McGovern, absolute star. Um, our midfielder is Nat Fife, and our forwards are Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, uh, with our Ruckman being Max Gorn. Uh, in terms of the worst spine, so we have removed, uh, who is it? Patrick Ambrose for the Essendon fans. Yeah. They'll be happy to not see him there. Uh, we got Ben Stratton at fullback. Our centre-off back is Caleb Marchbank. Our midfielder is Mark Hutchings, and our forwards are Savaretta Galea and Jesse Hogan, with our Ruckman being Nathan Vardy. I like um, how we've got um because I think I questioned you a couple of weeks ago, Gorn or Grundy, but I think Gorn took the chocolates today, as most would agree. So um, happy to see Gorn there as the number one ruck. Fair enough. Few, yeah. uh, the, I think the interesting part of these um, rolling spines are the consistent ones, and um, Jezza Cameron, Max Gorn, Tommy Hawkins, Nat Fife, and I think McGovern as well has been there most weeks. The fullback, I think, has changed a couple of times, but mm. the um, consistency of these guys yeah, throughout yeah. the year, pretty pretty special. Mm. Um, special. If we talk Brownlow in this sense, who do you feel from our spine, who do you think's got the best, uh, I guess, it would uh, have to be case five. so far? Yeah. Yeah. So you think Fife? Yep. Do you think Gorn has a shot? Gorn has a shot, yeah. Uh, I think they've won enough games. They haven't won enough games, but he will poll. And it'll be like Cripps. Well, that, poll well that's what I'm saying. Cripps has been in this rolling yeah. spine a, a few times yeah. as well. I mean, when you're a standout player for a club that was competitive three out of four quarters for you know the first two months of footy with the with Blues, um, he's going to pick up votes. Yep. The issue with Gorn is that, yeah, Ruckman don't poll as well as midfielders. So even a game like today where Gorn was definitely the best player in the ground, he'll probably be unlucky and only poll mm. one or two. Mm. That's just the way it seems to work historically. Yep. Um, the problem with the rolling spine there is that I was surprised not to see Eric Hitwood feature in the forward line because he's just really gone backwards this year. Yeah. Last year, he averaged 11 possessions and 1.7 goals a game. This year, he's gone backwards, only averaging nine possessions, less goals, less marks. He's pretty much mm. gone backwards in every category well, and... Brisbane are reaping significantly. <laughs> well, they're significantly better than they were last they year. Are, yeah. The entry to the four lines, but I just don't know what the problem is with Eric Hipwood. And I think his lack of um, progression has flown under the radar. Probably the same yep. with Cameron Rayner. Yeah. Yep. So, well, Charlie Cameron's back in. Cameron Rayner's much younger though, isn't he? Yeah. Second. Yeah. yeah. Second, third year. Second year. Second year. It was only 21, turning 22, but you normally think players should continue to go forward build. and forward and build. I mean. So yeah, um, Hipwood it would have been next in if Radagalia wasn't in this. Um, yeah, in this set. Interesting. And Radagalia, this is probably his first proper, you know, season where he's actually started in the team yeah. and continued. So we broke his leg last year. Yeah, so, yeah. No, um, not bad from you, Davis. I reckon. I reckon um, Eric Hipwood needs to get on the King William chocolates. 
Just yes, my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, a bit lanky. He looks a bit like Nadal, though. So we've got that going for him. He did. Nadal, just Nadal's 12. pipes are just. Yeah, but the face looks a bit bit of a similarity between Hitwood and Nadal. Yeah, Nadal. very much so. Yep. Yeah. Just not their tennis game, but. Yeah. But mm. apart from that, yeah. one's well, worth $100 million, one's worth a bag of chips. But <laughs> if we're going to speak about tennis, uh, big congratulations to Ash Barty. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The Aussies. Big tie supporter. Is, is she? she? Yeah. Sure is. I think she's a country Queenslander as well. Yep, she loves Very graceful and interesting. It was a bit of an anticlimax though, that game. I was going to say, pretty... she, yeah, not much. She didn't celebrate it though. Yeah. For, for, for a maiden like Grand Slam. Felt like, like she just played in the Keon Classic and she won some exhibition, man. Yeah. Yep. Playing, Very graceful. Playing next to Anthony, Anthony Kennett. Yeah. Uh, we, we move <laughs> At on. At least where... she looks, uh, someone will make her look tall. Young, young Anthony. <laughs> Yeah. We'll, mo- we'll move on from the tennis because I don't think people signed up to listen to tennis here. Um, Sherman. Yeah. We're going to some... O- no, in fact, Daggers. I'm meant to go to you. Over and underrated. Oh, cheers. You're, what we're going right. to do differently for those uh, of our listeners, which we've got a large uh, volume of. Um, <laughs> About five. <we're- laughs> yeah. We are going to do... every single one of you. <laughs> Thank you very much for your uh, listening. Um <laughs> Uh, you're gonna this time. We haven't picked four over and underrated players. Uh, Daggers is gonna pick four on the spot live here in the studio, uh, and we're gonna give our opinions randomly. On. So it's out of any player who's actually played in the I game in 2019. Is it, no, how many rounds they've had to have played? At least ten. At oh, least yeah, 10, ten games played. Any player, number one, off you go. Jeremy Howe from Collingwood. Thoughts? Interesting. Played a different role this year. He's been a little bit more locked down. I can tell you that because I've got him in my fantasy. So he's been disappointing <laughs> in a few games because he played on Franklin a few weeks ago when they played up in Sydney. Um, obviously due to probably injuries and things that they had. I think Darcy Moore didn't play that game so they left yeah. it now. Um, but still okay. I mean, having some good games. Obviously elite intercept defender. Mm-hmm. I think he still hasn't probably lost a yard or anything like that. He's still going fine in that space. He's probably improving his defensive game in terms of that lockdown role on the key posts. Mm. A good player for me. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. He's getting less the ball this year. Uh, in terms of intercept possessions, I'm just trying to see how he's gone. He's 22nd in the league for intercept possessions. So, okay. Mm. I'd, I'd probably say great. he's overrated as of now okay. due to his previous good seasons yeah. um, <laughs> where he was projected as you know one of the elite mm. intercept markers we were talking about. Still flies, which is great. Had some injury concerns, I think, towards the start of this year or is it yeah, end of last year? Yep. Um, but at the moment, he's probably a little bit overrated. Um, he, he just think he just needs to pick up a little bit and I guess prove yeah. he can do that lockdown role. Yeah, and probably much. Darcy Moore has been the standout in that background. Yeah. We know he's missed a few games, but Moore's yeah, the definitely. one who's really stood out to me is that is probably their best defender at the moment. Yep. Best tall defender. Mm-hmm. How's been been solid with that setting the world on fire, which he has done in his previous years. So It'd be interesting to see his role if Sharonberg, who's recently come yeah. back through the VFL, maybe uh, he'll comes loosened up a bit. You know, Dunn's out, Langdon's out. Langdon's so out. Circumstantial, yeah. he's had to mm. play, play a, bit a different role. Yeah. But no, still, I think he's a good player. I'm not sure what he's rated, but uh, fair assessment. Next one, Daggers, number two. All right, we've got uh, Jack Crisp, another Collingwood player. Just... Uh... What do you what do you guys think about the man? I reckon he could potentially be underrated. Mm. Uh, pretty much a steal in that Dane Beams trade when Beams went to Brizzy. Mm. Um, I think he's one of the draft picks that they yep. got or that they used. Yeah, in and that he trade. started off slowly. Started off slow. Uh, he's a yeah. really solid halfback for them. 
Uh, he can lock down on the small foot Arguably forwards. Arguably all this year, you'd say. Potentially all Australian. He's got a decent yeah. left foot kick on him. Mm. Um, you'd much rather him going out of the back line than, say, Maynard, all those sort of types with him. Yeah, Maynard's been good this year, though. Maynard has been good, yeah. Interestingly enough, Jack Crisp leads Collingwood for intercept possession. So, okay. ahead of mm. more, ahead of... He's uh, a good size. He tackles He does well. everything well. Yeah. I think he's a bit underrated. He probably doesn't get the... Um, doesn't the dislike gaining meters. Likes him gaining a few minutes. Oh, he's long kick of the field. Loves it. Yep. Yeah. Which is what we're all about. Yeah, very tough as well. Just sort of... He's the type of guy you want playing the grand final. Consistent. You know, I think it's consistent, the best yeah. way to describe him is consistent. Yeah. So, under, overrated? I would say he's... Under. Underrated. Yep. And I hope he's all Australian this year because he deserves it. Yep. One of the most improved players well. in the competition since he's come. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. I'm very excited about this next one. Random number generator has popped out a beauty. Zach Fisher. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go, boys. This is a good one. I'll start off with you, Sherman. Well, statistically, his numbers are, have increased each year, which is what you want to see from a young player. He's playing probably more inside the centre square this year, so he's being relied upon to play quite an inside role. I do have to say that his disposals probably suffered a bit this year. Sometimes he tries to just bite off a bit more than he can chew, take on the tackler, not use the first option. And he can be, tries to be a bit cute. Some of these little dinky kicks where just, you need to just choose a more simple option. Um, I wouldn't say he is overrated because I don't think he has much of a rating in the football world. <laughs> I would say at this stage it's neutral. I think he's got a lot of, a lot of ability, a lot of potential, but he needs to clean up his disposal and his decision-making if he wants to continue yeah, to be... I agree. I don't think you can rate him. He just sees, what, a third-year player, Daggers? Or fourth, mm. potentially? I think third. He's in the Petrovsky seat and draft at 27, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's over or underrated. I don't think he's rated yet. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to harp on about it. I'm not a big fan of him. I think we covered it in our last episode. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't invite him over for a Sabbath meal, would you? Nah, not for a roast. Off to the Hebra condition. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. No, yeah. he's not. I'm taking, not a big fan, but I'm not going to go over that. Um, he's not taking the chicken results. Look, I think I think <laughs> probably needs a few chicken results. Yeah, I might add know. though. He, I might add another game where he had no tackles on the weekend, zero tackles. Ooh. Yeah, no physicality. Interesting. Baron? I think um, what we're talking about how it's hard to judge these early year players. Um, in that case, you could probably consider them underrated for that fact. The fact that mm. they haven't fulfilled what they're supposed to have done by a certain age. And I guess you look at him to date, probably on par. I mean, like what else He's would we expect? Footy. What else would we expect from a kid who's playing in a, a you know shopping mm. team that just fired the coach? Yeah. So I guess on the basis of what is in front of us, he's underrated. Cool. Daggers, yeah. are you going to provide some info or are you just going to select the players? I like doing the random number generator. No, I, I really like Zach Fisher in his draft year. Just a nuggety, hard, competitive nutcase. A, a, a big sucker for those sort of players. Um, can't say I've watched him too much this year. I haven't watched many Carlton games. But, big um, sucker. <laughs> That's what you juicy nugget. Uh, juicy. Um, Does it make you feel a bit better about your own physique when you say something like Zach Fisher is not too much? Well, he still weighs, <laughs> he still weighs more than me, so... Just slightly. It's a bit concerning. Yeah. <laughs> it's very concerning. Um, no, I think I think underrated, but I can't say I've watched too much of him this year, personally. Um, so I got the last one. It's an exciting one. Nick Haynes from GWS, intercepting defender. Love start the player. Start what do you guys think? Yeah, the, he's 
he's an excellent player, Nick Haynes. I feel that he's he's, he's a very good lockdown back pocket, and at yeah. the same time, he uses the ball quite well. Mm, now, the, the only the only evil thing for him is that he plays for GWS. He plays in West Sydney where no one hears about him, yeah. except when he comes down to the G and GWS lose. So mm. it's like, except when they beat Melbourne. But <laughs> the issue yeah. is that people don't know about him, but he is a really good he's player. So good. He's very dependable, like very consistent. He seems to have averaged... The last four years, they've averaged about bang on 18 possessions. So, yeah. But I don't think you judge a player like him from nah. his no. possessions. No, intercept. But, but it's intercepts, intercepts and it's, you know, aerial and ability and courage, yeah. courage, exactly. And just who he plays on and how they Reliable. affect the game. Yeah. Well, I, I personally have him in my top five key defensive players. In yeah. The game. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, maybe I, a bit, I'd bit of a big call. But uh, yeah, he's probably the player that, once again, like Chris, you'd want playing in a grand final just because you know that. He will put his body on the line in every contest. He's athletic as well. He's athletic. He's good probably, his ball skills are. Yeah, no, he can improve on his disposals. I no, I wouldn't doubt. say he's an elite kick of the ball. He generally just goes long. Mm. He doesn't seem to have that piercing. Kick. You, DP, would you take Nick Haynes or Brad Shepherd right Nick now? Ha- Nick Haynes. I, I think they're different players. Though. Yeah, Brad Shepherd's more players. of a rebounding defender, uh, mid okay. size. Yeah. But I, th- I mean, oh, sorry, I didn't mean general defender. I just to clarify because I'm under the pumpy. I'm getting looks <laughs> all over the place. Facing uh, big no, calls. Key position defender. I mean, a centre back yeah, yeah. or a full back. He'd be yeah. my top five. I would he's go. a third tall. He's he's a similar player to Jeremy Howe. You could argue. No, I think he plays. He plays a two key post with Phil Davis. So he yeah, takes he one and um, yeah, does the other. Second or third, yeah. So, but I'd wall him, Harris Andrews, uh, McGovern, um, maybe Robbie Tarrant at four. I don't know. Just a. Levi Casbolt's the uh, <laughs> current front runner for the... Uh, yeah, Liam Jones. Daniel Talia, obviously, is up there. Dane so. Rampey, yeah. the Jack and the Beast. Alex Keith. Keith's playing. Keithy. Keithy's um, up there. But yeah, you so know, underrated? I, underrated, yeah. He, he should be in Australia. Dylan Australian if he's Grime. Yes. Yeah. Maybe go for one more, Dino. One more. Just All to right. polish it off. Sorry, one second. Let me just run one the simulation. Malfunction. Um, one job properly. Technical difficulty. Uh, we got uh, Caleb Daniel. The midget. Caleb Daniel. Wow, that's midget, a good one. But the, he's my mm. height, so I love him. Sherman? Well, once I think we discussed it a couple episodes ago about the new rule inflating people's disposals and Daniel's one where his numbers have gone up this year. Mm. A lot of that's due to the fact that he takes the kick out. A lot of the time he chips it, gets another possession. So I think it's hard to base it on his numbers. Mm-hmm. I think he was in the, the Bulldogs premiership year, he was fantastic and he before that fantastic. But since then, I think he's, he probably is taken a hit for the worst. This year he's slightly come back into it, mm. but I think t- I'm not really really much into his year this year, just purely because of the fact he's getting a lot of cheap possessions behind the ball. Interesting you brought him up. I was just reading Robbo's mid-year All-Australian team, and not that Robbo has too much credibility. Has he got him in there? He has Daniel, uh, Caleb Daniel uh, what, in the back? starting halfback role. Um, mm. I'm quite surprised what Beveridge has done from the point of view where I didn't think you play your tiny players no. in the back line at all. Um, but Daniel's, had, I think he's had a, actually a ripper year. He's obviously got a lot of cheap ones in kickings, as, yeah. you, as you said, Sherman. But he uses it fairly well um, for a small player like him who's probably not got a big kick on him to have him off halfback. Um, yeah, and he's performed a role there. Uh, credit to him. Mm. Uh, definitely been really good this year, Caleb Daniel. So um, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon Caleb's the second best player with a helmet going around at the moment who's behind Rachel? No, Daniel's better. <laughs> Lockie Plowman's got a temporary helmet, but he's good for nothing. <laughs> Liam, Jones, Liam Jones will have one when he comes back eventually, probably. Uh, yeah, might, might not see him back for a while still. Yeah, I think Caleb Jones had a better year than Brayshaw, but I don't think I, I wouldn't take Daniel over. Brayshaw's uh, gone backwards big time this yeah, year. So. It was good today. Good today, but before then, he 
if you had him in fantasy, he'd be furious. <laughs> yeah, he's not averaging like, like seventy or eighty for fantasy. From, yeah, he went first round and is you pretty much put him on the waivers. Personally, I'd like to see Daniel a bit further up the ground. Like I, I saw him against um, Hawthorne. He was just last man in defense against like, Ruffhead yeah. and, you know, he was just, you know, obviously going to lose marking contests. You can't put him full back in some of these contests. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see him a bit further up the ground, like really halfback winger. But, um, yeah, great player. Love the man. I like it. So, some interesting names there, boys. We're going to take a short break and uh, come back with our Subway segment special. Mm. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Oh, Where the Meat is Game podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Meters Gain podcast. As I said off the top, we're going to head into our uh, Subway special uh, of segments that we liken players to what sort of Subway uh, sandwiches that they are going to uh, order. But before we get there, it's time is coming, is running down, boys, because Daggers is going to head into his new uh, building, uh, House of Abode, and Sherman, in his skinny jeans... uh, Putting a ring on it soon, mate? <laughs> hey, the pressure. Well, let's talk about things that have actually happened. So, Dino has got himself a new little pad. Yep. Um, to go with my Toyota Kluger. pad, is it? Yep, and with my Toyota Kluger. You're looking a bit stressed over having to move in? No. Got all the furniture? Yeah, everything. everything's good. Everything's yeah. good? Good, yep. Got, yeah, a, got the plasma? Yeah. yeah. I hope he'll be more hospitable at that new pad than he was here because I've been here for two hours, barely offered a glass of water and there was, you know, stale crackers in the carpet. That's about all I've got. I've been uh, about all we have. We have some nothing. butter all. Yeah. We have some old mutsa from a couple say. months ago. If you want, good for nothing, really. Yeah. Not yeah. Really no, not. sorry, sorry for having you guys I don't here. reckon Dane could lead a horse to water. No, real poor hospitality from you, Dane. No, obviously um, <laughs> hasn't worked in the industry in the future. Because yep. if it was a waiter, it wouldn't even bring you your bloody food. <laughs> you work at a pub though, and you have to come get it yourself. Yeah, Maybe yeah that's... of course. I love those pubs. <laughs> at least he doesn't uh, cut my sandwiches, unlike us. There has been some lunch cutting in the friendship group lately that our host oh, Daniel has been sandwiches uh, everywhere. And that's, why, that's why we're talking um, about Subway. Yeah, yeah, the Subway sandwich. Very topical. Would Again, actually be, yeah. Another good segue for me. Get into the, the, uh, the sandwiches, Sherman. What have we got? Well, DB just doesn't want to talk about cutting lunch anymore because it's <laughs> no, a yeah. sensitive topic. It's very Anyways, sensitive. the first sandwich of the day is the meatball melt. The meatball sub is one of the signature subs and one of the customer <laughs> favorites. Juicy meatballs smothered in some rich marinara sauce, topped with some favorite cheese, freshly baked bread. Delicious. This sub just tantalizes the taste buds and will have you coming back for more. <laughs> what guys do you think epitomizes the meatball melt in the AFL? What players would just salivate over that? Well, the first one for me is your boy down at Tigerland. The, the meatball the himself. Meatball. You yeah. just stick him in the sandwich and you let him go. Exactly. Delicious. Dion Prestia. Dion Prestia. I watched um, Braden Sire today and he <laughs> looks like game. a bit of a meatball as well. He's mm. big lad. He was a big, big, chunky man just... Really crashing through the packs. His first yep. game of the year, and I'm sure he might be on the trade table if they don't get the most value yeah. out of him. Yep. And Good he might player. be going from having to afford meatball melts to being afforded uh, entrecote steaks soon. It's uh, <laughs> throwing cash at him. Delicious. What about the Railway Hotel? <laughs> on Chapel Which Street. Which one? <laughs> Maybe we should remind our listeners that if they do want a good steak, you can go to the Railway Hotel, but the correct one is in... South Melbourne, I think it is. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. But, but Daniel doesn't know the difference. And yeah. he, um, 
Yeah, I booked the Chapel Street one, which I'm sure is a lovely establishment, just not known for its steaks. <laughs> <laughs> known for its cheap beers and creepy men. That's it, yeah. And pingers. Uh, yet another one there, uh, Sherman. You got uh, Sam Powell Pepper, who'd go for a meatball melt? Oh, I think, yeah, he's in oh, yeah, he loves it. Yeah. Oh, and that inside midfielder category, yep. Yeah, just get a bit of meatball up his schnozzles. I like it. <laughs> and that one opposes those three? No. No, it makes oh, green light here. Yep. Yep. All right, off to the next one. Uh, the next one is probably one that I would order myself. The Veggie Delight with Avo. <laughs> oh, no. Jam-packed with your choice of crisp salads. This sub will be sure to make you feel good and get the most out of your day. Try it in some avocado for an extra protein kick out the bum. <laughs> um, the first player that I that comes to mind for me is Brett, Brett Kirk. I know he's not a player, but he's a coach. He's a Zen Buddha sitting in the Sydney hot box. <laughs> and when it gets a bit stressful... I can use has a bit of a veggie delight. Bit with of a Avo, nibble. Like, bit of a nibble and a veggie oh, delight. Oh, I didn't Avo. know that Very about... Beautiful. Uh... <laughs> Any other good. players you think would be onto the veggie delight? Oh, yeah, I got one. Well, a bit of a far-fetched one this side. So we, you mentioned we've got some avo in there. A bit of green, a bit of slime involved. Oh, no. We had a chat to old mate Billy Gowers, and he reckons Charlie Kernow's a bit Ooh, of a grot. Very slime. Maybe oh. Charlie Kernow enjoys the avocado grot. Same colour, <laughs> you know. The pit yeah. could work. But surely after <laughs> a surf in the beach of Torquay, if you had a... Veggie Delight with Avo, surely that would not do oh, the trick. No. no, I wouldn't have thought so. No, you need a full Italian fish BMT. Fish and chips there. Fish and chips would be good. Yeah. Mate, we're talking about Subway here. You can't get no, fish no, and chips at Subway. But after a <laughs> you probably no. could to get anything there. I guess smoothies. Bloody apples. You're definitely going to need at least more than fish and chips to get DP to go to some exercise, let alone surfing for an afternoon. Yeah. No, apparently, oh, I don't apparently go, went to gym once in I 2010. Go, I don't go you too bad there. on the surfboard. It's just bike riding. That's not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I've not met anyone that says that uh, serving is easier than bike riding, but that's an interesting <laughs> one. Chris May and Ben Brown, two other uh, yep. vegan or vegetarian players, probably yep. more. Buffheads, both of them. Is Chris May a, a vegan yeah, or Yeah, that's veggie? what I read. Oh, wow, okay. Could be incorrect if uh, I'm wrong. Sorry, Chris May. <laughs> <laughs> Putting him out there as a lover of the veggies and the avos. It's a good um, form, Chris May, hasn't he? Playing a good role. Yeah. Good couple of years, yeah. Yeah. Next one, Sherman. You've got the uh, or the Greek option, I, I think. Yeah, a bit of Greek slash uh, Italian Mediterranean chicken, which is chicken breast strips with sun-dried tomato, <sighs> crumbled feta, and they actually recommend you putting a bit of pesto mayo on the top of that. Oh, of course. You guys have any uh, players that come to mind? No, oh, there's a few Italians in the league that go with Mediterranean chicken. We just yeah. did the Italian ones with all the uh, you know the meatball and uh, oh not bread and side, but yeah. The, the Italian meatball. We did Big uh, Dion Prestio. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a total of what one player that we... Stephen Nilio. Yes. Paul Puwapolo. Yeah, his parents are both uh, Italian. James They'd be very proud of him. Sicily. Sicily, Sicily yeah. you think? Petrarca, Favola, and our Kudafides, who was yeah. one of our... Greek Italian. King Kuda. Yes. Check out the interview with Meters Game Podcast. Yeah. It's superb by you next, two. Next time, we'll have to ask him if he prefers the Mediterranean chicken or one of the other specialties. <laughs> Yep. But I mean, as a life coach and personal trainer, we would hope that he's not endorsing those so-called healthy sandwiches. Yeah, Souvlaki Hut, on the other <laughs> yeah, hand, loves that's the, the go-to. <laughs> that's where it's at. Out in Templestowe, isn't it? Souvlaki Hut, I think. Yes. Well, I think before I went to administration. <laughs> oh, is it gone? It's gone. It's been gone for years. I hadn't listened to the full interview yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously not on the top of the insolvency news, Daniel. <laughs> no, really, no, not my area of expertise. <laughs> Mate, it's 2019. I think it happened in 2011. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, I remember uh, the ads for it. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one, Sherman. I think your final one. Yeah, the last one we'll go with the pizza melt. Um, hot out of the toaster oven is our pizza sub with cheese. Enjoy pepperoni and salami layered with tasty melted cheese and a signature marinara sauce. This marinara 
the sauce seems to be in pretty much every sub they've got. So <laughs> it's good. I've had it. Can't be that signature though. It's probably just <laughs> on everything. It's like a bloody yeah. Anyways, and they recommend it with Italian herbs and cheese bread for the listeners who wanted to go there after the episode to help yourself. <laughs> um, DP, you've said that Zach Butters might be one that. Yeah, it's so likely to order this. If you recall, I can't remember what round it was, but roaming BT was quite significant. It went a little bit viral when uh, yeah. Port Adelaide won a game earlier in the season. Uh, and BT was speaking to one of the nutritionists at Port, and he asked something about the skin folds. And if you guys recall, she actually said Zach Butters came in. He, he's Because he's new to the club, doesn't quite... Uh, he's not quite on the right regime in terms of nutrition and all. He, he might be uh, one that enjoys a uh, pizza melt, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. What about players that actually look like a pizza melt? Oh, I'm thinking you? Clayton Oliver. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he looks like the salami that goes That's in. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Matthew Bate. <laughs> I think Aaron Sanderlands, we haven't heard from him. He's in the wilderness. He's probably uh, on yep. Uber Eats at the moment ordering another dock pizza with uh, buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> Imagine how much you'd have to spend to have Aaron Sand- Sanderlands over for dinner. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's that restaurant yeah, in Dino would switch, let's be honest. No, they do like no a 10 meter pizza or something ridiculous. I can stand like, could have yeah. the whole thing himself. Oh, he probably could, yeah. Mate, that sub sounds delicious, by the way. Oh, it's a, I've had as it. Juicy as a sub of Rattigalier's deltoids. Yeah. Just juicy. Highly recommend, Daggers. Highly recommend right. the pizza sub. Thank yeah. you, Daniel. <laughs> uh, is that all from that we've got for the. Just for now, like. Special segment for, that we bring you. <laughs> Subway's. Elite special. football commentary I think coming we should for us. probably send it to Subway and ask for some. Yeah, uh, some compensation. contribution. Oh, yeah. Or just free subs. I mean, I'm happy for that as well. Yeah. yeah. Got that. I'm, I'm a regular there on King Street for lunch, actually, whenever I'm in the office in the city. If any of the single ladies want to meet one of the most attractive men on the show, don't go to King yeah, Street. The, King only, Street si- the only single bloke on the show. You just tell women to go to oh, King Street. <laughs> well, I'm not always there, only when I'm in the office. So. But uh, yeah, King Street, Subway. Is that where it's at? That's where it's at, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, let's get... This is this, this interests me, fellas, because I know you've got some interesting names to come up, and I've got a couple as well. Players who have caught your eye most during the year or players that have improved most so far in the first 12 rounds. So, you know, we're halfway through the year now. Name me some players. I'll, I'll give you one each that have really impressed you, Take caught your eye, you name it, um, have improved. Sherman, we'll start with you. Uh, one of your really liked players? Uh, the player that I'll talk about is James Warpool, only in his second year and has been asked to carry a massive load with mm-hmm. the injury of Mitchell, averaging 25 possessions, five tackles, five clearances. Very big-bodied player for a you know second-year player. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic the way he goes about it. Attacks the contest. Really, really good at driving the ball forward. Um, and he's just got a bit of mongrel about him, which is what you want. I think he's fantastic. And as a second-year player, if he continues to accelerate on this year, he's going to be a wonderful 200-plus game play for the Hawks. And they've found yeah. an absolute gem. Yeah. I think, what, in the in the 40s he was picked? Yeah, yeah picked late. Yeah. What a find, yeah. We've no, got Tom like DeConing at pick 30. Imagine if we had bloody Warpool in the midfield now. Would be Warpedo. A, would be in the top four. Yeah, Great nickname, Warpedo. Warpedo, yeah. yeah. I like it. Daggers, what have you got? Uh, did you want to... Sure. Did you have anyone about oh, someone you would want to improve, though? Oh, All right. So, All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Or do we want to just... Radio! 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 <laughs> Bit of a controversy Sorry, here. hang on. We're just... <laughs> I thought we were doing... Daggers has, has gone... Daggers has gone... Against the running sheet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll also no, do... Mark? <laughs> we'll also... Hang on. 
Well, who's the host here, Daggers? We'll also do some players that... Dino's uh, just trying to get to bed and he just... Yeah. Mate, this is my house. <laughs> really Dino, you've got this bloody cat in here. I can't even breathe. Just let us get through the show, mate. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, name, we'll name one player that, as Sher just said, who's, who's caught the eye. And we'll also name another player who we think needs to lift in the second half of the season. So right. I'll, go, I'll go back to our man, Sher, and say, <laughs> who do you think needs to lift in the second half of the season? And then I'll move to you, Dagger. So just wait your turn. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one who I think needs to lift is Mitch McGovern. Yep. He's played 10 games, only averaging nine possessions, and he has kicked 15 goals, so that's not terrible return. But he's just not having enough of an impact on the game. Mm. He needs to get involved, play a four-quarter effort. He just seems to be playing two or three-minute patches yeah, and goes okay. hiding for way too long. And he's on a massive contract. We gave up a lot for him. Um, I know T came out and Bolton used to say he plays a sacrificial role, but I just don't actually understand what that means. Mm. It's a role. It sounds horrible. It do, what does it mean? I mean, he's, he's not just, he's, he's not just, playing a defensive forward role. He's just if sacrificial means he's he's a sacrificial. He man. can't be fuck running for the ball. Then that's okay. But <laughs> no, that, that's a fair live. call. I agree with you. He hasn't yet played a four quarter game. He's had played in patches. I agree with that. So mm. I like your assessment. Yeah, and I want to see him get uh, the supporters want us. To get value for money, yep. after we wasted seven hundred k in Thomas, this looks like another repeat scenario. Mm. I like it. No, I like it. Sure. So the Warpedo's been one that's caught your eye, and Mitch McGovern is on notice. Uh, Daggers, who have you got that has taken your eye so far this year? So as a Crows fan, obviously uh, defensive stocks after game one looked very uh, slim with Duda going down, um, but Alex Keith has slotted in and has become one of the best inset players in the AFL. He's barely conceded. Any goals to his direct opponent. Um, I Just a really reliable defender. Um, doesn't get too much of the ball, but like a nice left foot kick. Um, really interesting background coming from cricket. Uh, played for the Mighty Bush Rangers after turning down an opportunity to go to Gold Coast in his first year. And uh, wow. yeah, he's come in as you know, 26, 27 year old. Only played about 20 games now, but yeah, he's, he's clearly been one of the most improved in the AFL. And um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, because I will say this about the Crows and their recruiting. It's been, it's always been good because people keep uh, harping on fellas that they lose players over the years. They've lost your, your Gunstons and Tippets and those sort of players. But mm. Adelaide always seem to find good players in the draft and they continue to do it. And I think Keith's another one. Category B rookie, I think you said yep. he was. Um, I mean, that's just extraordinary. Not many other Category B players at other clubs have gotten a game, I think, mm-hmm. really. Um, so that's tremendous from them. Um, good yep. one, Daggers. One of the players that you think needs to lift in the second half of the season. So I've pointed out Tom McDonald from Melbourne. I say he had a really good year last year as a forward. Um, would have been tipped to win the Coleman this year by quite a few punters, you would expect. Um, but with Hogan gone uh, and not having the support around him, he's just been, a, you know, he's been disappointing. Like, like, no need to sugarcoat it. What I would like to see him do is just act like the man. Like, just act like the big folk, you know, big target inside 50. Sound like the school of rock. <laughs> <laughs> what? The man. The yeah. man. Stick it to the yeah, moon. Stick, stick it to the man. Um, yeah, I just want to see him act like, you know, we have that kind of mongrel <laughs> ego. 
<laughs> just you know, play like he's actually the main forward at Melbourne. Um, so I feel like if, if you know, if he can get just some attitude and some presence inside fifty, I think he could. Um, yeah, good call. confidence would help. Enough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When you mentioned uh, school rock there, Sean, I thought you were going to go down Mr. the the Ned Schneebly Mister Mizalowski. Schneebly. job then Simon Goodwin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Tom McDonald is on notice for daggers, and I think rightly so. Horse, have you got who's uh, caught your eye? Interesting that you asked that, Dan, since you've got the other two anyway have gone through, so it's probably my turn. So, um, <laughs> the guy I want to talk about who has unexpectedly risen this year compared to what was expected of him at the beginning of the year. See if you can help me out of the, identifying who he is. Interstate player. He's Shit, current- that, that narrows it down. Riley O'Brien, maybe? <laughs> no. Sorry, give me some. I'll give you some clues, and then you can guess. <laughs> oh, I thought you weren't going to give us a clue. That was a bit of a broad category. <laughs> so he's had his two best games, career games to date in this season already, being thirty-eight touches, four marks, four tackles, and a goal. And the other one was thirty-four, nine, eight, and a goal, dominating. He's top ten in clearances. He's top ten in handballs, inside fifties, disposals. Um, what else was there? Clangers and turnovers as well because he's purely getting so much of the ball. Any ideas who this interstate player is? Interstate Oh, Ricky Henderson. Interstate player. Oh, Come on, Dino. Fuck. Am I on? Lucky Neil? No. Oh. Michael Walters? No. We expected these guys to be good. No. Oh, Travis Boke. Travis Boke. Travis Boke. Yeah. Travis Boke. Uh, wow, hey. Great call. Flat out dominating what this call? year. Caron. Unexpected. <laughs> what was Carolina. What? So... Bokey is just... Yeah, well. He's killing it at the moment. He's in top 10 in all of those stats I was reeling off. I can't remember what they are anymore, but they're good. Um, before that, his 2014 season was really good. He was top 10 in handballs, um, super coach scores, effective disposals. So he was doing some good things. But this year, who would have thought he is the number one guy? No, I think that's spot on. He's been... Superb. He could actually be a chance for the Brownlow, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, Smokey. Mm. He's yep. going to get a lot of votes. He'll be top five. I don't yeah. think he's top five, and he'd definitely be All-Australian well, be, without a doubt. He's been their best player so far. Oh, no, yeah. no Tommy Rockliffe as well, still to come. So they just... Oh, Do you yeah. remember the year that Robbie Gray was meant to win the Brownlow like, a few years ago and Travis Boke ended up beating him in the yeah. polling? So Poles seems well. like he Yeah, really Boke loves it. I both love Boke, sorry. But he's <laughs> a good-looking man. Very good-looking man. Oh, so that's help as well. Just, just Daniel, e- thoughts? Just ease up on the Caulfield water there, Sherman. Just yeah. calm a bit. Calm, mate. He's yeah. delusional from the allergies to the cats. <laughs> Tastes like a bit of bull water. They might be trying to save money here in the water bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Alright, back to me Still yeah, No, back to you I really like Travis Boke Yep, spot on <laughs> right. Can't fall back Player needs to lift Yeah, that's I think one. it's pretty clear He's needed to lift Since the 2017 Grand Final Dan Rioli He's uh, he Hang suffered. on, but before you go You're taking a shot At your own player It sure am Wow yeah. He, just no, a good call. he good broke call. his leg In the 2017 Grand Final So he was always slow After that And um, Since that period of time <laughs> He has failed to Kind of <laughs> Live up to this expectation where he was going to be a serial type player, impact player who would play every week, not necessarily dominate possession wise, accumulation wise, yep. but have true effect of tackles and goals mm. and some nice marks occasionally. But he's been nowhere to be seen the past two years. Yeah. So again, Great. in and out of the side this year, I'm not sure what we can expect from Dan Rioli going forward. Well, your whole forward line's capitulated when you think of Butler and Townsend, all these guys that were there in the premiership year, they're not performing to the same. Look, I agree, but I think Rioli is a guy who was, as we're talking about yeah, expectations-wise, he was supposed to be the number one guy to lead that, that yeah, pack yeah. through. 
um, signed a new deal at the start of the year, so maybe he's a bit comfortable mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. lovely Mia Favola. Oh, yeah, who he's he with? Mm, uh, so he's not with Dimmer's daughter. No, mate. It's Favola's you gotta follow, daughter. you got to follow both yeah, of their Instagram. Right, right. And just well, Mia's page is so clogged with pictures of herself, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Big, no, no, actually, you got to follow uh, Big Fev's Instagram page because he does troll Rioli because he lives with them. So all he does wow. is just troll him the entire time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fev would hate it. He would hate it. <laughs> I like, uh, pretty good stuff from you, Baron. Having a shot at your own, uh, one of your own players. So, but I think a fair assessment there. I've got a couple fellas. Oh, we didn't actually. No, I'm just no we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this, is my, <laughs> this is my show, mate. I'll show you how it runs. So. <laughs> it's all gone to my head as it takes now. And just, uh, anyway, so my players that have been good so far this year... <laughs> Two midfielders of the two, uh, the new clubs, of course, of the competition. Tim Taranto, I think, has been uh, superb, as has, I can't split him, Braden Fiorini for the Suns, uh, both averaging over 28 disposals a game. Their disposal efficiency, not great, just above a tick above 60%. Well, they're both inside players. Both inside players. Yeah. Their score involvements are pretty good. Taranto at seven for the Giants. They, they score a few more goals. Five for Braden Fiorini, which is not too bad considering the Suns don't aren't big scorers. Uh-huh. Um, I've been really impressed with them too this year. I think Fiorini's probably been their first or second best midfielder at the Suns. Taranto, yeah. I'd have to say, has probably been their second best. Mid- a really good behind, game. Probably, um, yeah. Taranto was amazing. Hey, the, weekend, we, so. the, the segment we're talking about is expectation-wise, isn't it? How they're going for against what but, expectations are. But they've caught my yet. eye is what I'm saying. But like, you look at uh, Taranto's situation, Dylan Shield leaves. Yeah. There is that spot for him. They expected him to stand up. And yeah. Exactly. He, he's a fantastic player. But Fiorini, on the other hand, I feel, I feel that maybe not come out of nowhere. He was always supposed to be good and given a chance, but he is a lot better than what people think. Yeah. And now with Twick Miller's been out of the team a couple of weeks. Oh, he's back so this week. So big Tookie. up the bum and he spent a whole four. No line. Aaron Hall. Yeah. See, there's no like Aaron, opportunities yeah. there for him. But no, but he's taken it. And that's what you want from young buyers to take their uh, opportunity. Mm. So I'm just, I'm just, I think I've yeah. noticed they're good for him. And, and you've got someone who hasn't. Uh, someone who has, yeah. So someone who I think needs to lift. And I'm not going to have shots at him because people have taken shots at him over the past couple of years. He's had a rough time off the field. So I'm not having a shot at him, but, but I reckon... But, but I reckon, you are. But you no, are. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. If Frio are going to compete for a finals position with the loss of now Lobb and Tabernar, who we knew a few weeks ago out for the season in terms of the mm. tall target, Sanderland still injured, Darcy out of form, uh, Jesse Hogan, if he can kick 25 to 30 goals in the second half of the year, they are a red-hot crack at, at the top eight, I reckon, mm. the Dockers. Mm. Uh, they're playing some good footy. People didn't expect them to play this sort of footy this year. They are a chance. I'm not sure if they'll get to the top eight, but I think there's certainly a chance. And if he starts firing, his best return so far in a purple uniform is three goals. That was against the Giants in that really good win that they had there. He hasn't kicked more than three, uh, or he hasn't reached that target at all in any other games. So if he can get 25 to 30 goals, maybe over 20 goals towards the end of the year as that main focal point, they're a red-hot crack at the top eight. So I think if he can yeah, lift, that's that'd be good, massive. That's a fair point. He really hasn't stood up to... His market value, yep, and what he was brought in for. But you know, as you said, we don't really know what his off-field issues are, and mm. it, it's hard. It, maybe it will take him a year or two to just to adjust to life in Western Australia. Yep. But for mm. sure, he's not performing to the level that they would have expected. Exactly. But yeah. So. Pretty big. Pretty big injuries to Freo. So as you said, um, yeah, Rory Love, one of the best, like. Been one of the best tools in the game, and as well, Alex Pierce out for the year. Pierce is it? Yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're right. Lob has been massive for that. But these could yeah. adversely impact Hogan, given that he's going to now be really in the spotlight. Whereas yeah. in the past, there's, you know, between Lob, Tabernar, he might actually only get the second or third defender, but now he's really going to be tested. Tested. Yeah. 
Mm. No, I think you're right. But um, anyway, I, th- I think we've covered some good names there, boys. We're probably going to wrap things up for uh, the end of round 12. Going into round 13, anything happening for the rest of the week, gents, that we need to know about? Oh, not too much. I just uh, was pretty happy. Had a good week. Uh, we had well-being week at work and a few of the boys <laughs> told me I was getting a bit pudgy around the stomach. Oh. Um, <laughs> we had body scanners up on the rooftop and the results came back and I passed in glowing colours and the rest of them... <laughs> They're the ones who need to get on the treadmill and stop eating the Subway pizza melts. So to all the, the King William people chocolates. out there, I am an elite athlete still. Still. I like it. I like it. Still. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm I didn't sure. get anywhere near that body fat scanner. Oh, you didn't do it? I was going to No, I ran away. I ran in the opposite direction oh, on no. purpose. I asked some of the partners to get on there and I said, oh, no. <laughs> Taggers, uh, how's the house? Uh, appliances coming? You've bought everything for the new. Yeah, Bosch. good. But I'd say you had the long weekend, so Bosch, I took Phillips. the old uh, Kluger out for a drive, yeah. um, <laughs> just to uh, just to the country, to the Otway Ranges. Oh, nice. um, yeah, that was that was lovely. It, it handled really well. It's a bit rocky the the ride, but you know it's, uh, it handled pretty well. It's good, it's quite good when it's rocky. You seen that curb episode? You get an erection when the car's been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Sort of that's like, what is oh, it? No. I can't remember the exact same. But dun, 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 yeah, I know. Dun, 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 yeah, he's dun, dun, driving dun, dun, Susie dun, 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 to somewhere. And and she loves like, it. Loves that shit. Yeah, um, so maybe that's one of the benefits of the Kluger. Yeah. It might be under the table uh, sales puff they yeah. put through. I usually, I usually don't like Thursday night footy, but you know we had Monday footy now Thursday night, so there's only a two-day gap between like around it. 12 and 13. I'm so, nervous for Thursday night for the yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide Tigers. Uh, Season-defining game, another for loss both. there, and I no, no, no. for both teams, we'll, we'll get to a few uh, a, a big. Uh, I guess we'll do each team's review over the next few weeks during these buy rounds, and you'll hear my thoughts on the Tigers. How, how they're going to be travelling? Okay, oh, very well, exciting. Well, uh, you, you heard Daniel, here anything anything you're hiding from us? Yeah, uh, I think that's how we've got time for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. You and my world. anyone at the Carlton Club that has caught your fancy? Daniel was a bit suspicious Carlton. about his yeah. whereabouts today. He said he was in where Cranbourne or something. Me, never heard. Oh, Daniel oh yeah, he said he was in Cranbourne. I've got some mates there. Um, apparently, oh, okay. apparently, Nat might live there. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's from she's further north and yet yet to return my calls, Zena. <laughs> I've never heard of Cranbourne. I've uh, haven't set foot out of Corfield my whole life. Yeah, so. Bubble the bubble. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, we're going smoothly. Nothing really. Does. I think all business as usual for me. Business Sherman, as usual. So B A U. Yeah. Bow. Like a sand business bow, or like B A U. Back bow. That's how it sounds. If you. Oh, okay. B A U. What are you right. on about? <laughs> I think on that note, we might Wrap we might up. end proceedings here. It's been Polonsky, Baron, Dagan, and Sher. Time to go to sleep. At the Meters Game Podcast, wishing your teams all the best for round 13. We will see you next Happy time. Happy Queens. Go the Crows. Go Tykes.